Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, we are already in week three of the high school basketball season, the GHSA high school basketball season, that is. Every day is a blessing. Every game cannot be taken for granted, and we are trudging along. Uh, We just got past a lot of holiday hoops with Thanksgiving tournaments all over. I know it's a super busy time of year for me as far as with everything starting. We got games tipping off at 12 o'clock and being played all day. And then you compound that with the compound that with trying to get rankings done and this, that and the other. So a lot going on, but we do have a a lot to talk about, especially when it comes to these these early season matchups. Uh, these tournaments really provide us with some great top 10 bouts and we've seen some shifting already in some of the some of the classifications but uh, before we dive into it Ramin I'm not a bad guy I must ask how was your Thanksgiving sir it was well it was a bit busy Uh, spent it working at my non-basketball related job but it was good Um, cannot complain and before we move on, Kyle, I know yours was spent on the courts, but I I would be remiss not to mention we missed a big milestone for the Spielin' and Dealin' podcast. This is episode number 102. We broke triple digits uh, doing our preseason coverage. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, it's a it's been a slow burn. We you know we we get it when we can. I, we're both busy people. You're a, a grown man now. You're about to be graduating from college very soon. Um, I'm a, I'm an old man myself, as far as everything I got going on with basketball being a full-time job and it, (laughs) it is a full-time job. Um, but we try to still, uh, pump out as many podcasts as possible. Like I said, the, the beginning of the season is just nuts, whether you're a basketball fan or if you're just a person in general, like when you got Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Christmas and Hanukkah and whatever you want to celebrate, there's a lot going on in November and December. And considering how it's 2020, uh, you know, there's a lot of pitfalls with it just being, you know, the year that it is. But yes, we had our 100th episode. I looked back and said, ah, 100th episode. I wish we could have threw that in there. So I'm glad, Ramin, I'm glad, Ramin, that you caught that and uh, you were able to give us a little shout out. So yes, we are past 100 episodes we are in the triple digit mark and so without further ado we didn't get here by not talking about basketball so we'll start 7a on the boys side a bit of shuffling as you said and i believe eight of the top 10 teams in class 7a ranked in week one has now suffered a loss you look at your top couple teams in 7a it's gonna be grayson pebblebrook milton burkmar and mckeecher in the first four of which have each have a loss, McEachern having two losses, and we need to talk about Grayson and Milton. We had all these wonderful uh, Thanksgiving tournaments as you were talking about. The Jared Cook Classic, OTR Invitational, Hype South Hardwood Invitational, Hard in the Paint, ho- Holiday Hoopsgiving, excuse me, that was a mouthful. A lot of these good teams um, played each other and even some out-of-state nationally ranked competition as Grayson did. And so what did we see, Kyle? Yeah, we've seen a lot. Um, Grayson... You know, we're we're in week three now, so two weeks worth of rankings. Grayson's number one in the state, and uh, I think they've they've definitely earned it. Now I know Milton Milton's not at full strength, and Milton's Milton's very good. And when they get Devin Farrell back and they get LT Overton back, you know that's that's going to change some things. And that's that's two big 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 time pieces that is also going to uh, make their bench 
uh, that much stronger. So Milton, you know, right now we got them sitting at number three. Uh, they took care of business. I'm looking at the box score right now. I, I watched this game at Holiday Hoops given going up against Green Force. Green Force, of course, got the seven footers inside, but they're not, I guess, not as big. You know, you only have one seven footer on the court at a time. Um, Guy Chol wasn't very effective against Milton, but with that being said, the Eagles, they, they blew past some 69-53. Um, and just looking at, you know, what what stands out the most here is Milton scored, outscored, uh, mind you, outscored Green Force 42-14 to in the paint. Milton outscored Green Force 42-14 to in the paint. And that's because they have Bruce Thornton, who just committed – to Ohio State, the junior had 27 points and nine rebounds in this win. And Bruce, he really makes his team go. Uh, you know, he's a tremendous player. If you followed Sandy Spill for any amount of time, you know. And if you want, you know, you follow anybody in the state of Georgia, any national scouts as well. Uh, Bruce Thornton's a real deal. Um, just so polished, so smooth. Uh, uh, just a running back or a linebacker, whatever type of analogy you want to make as a football player. He has that big, strong body, and he turns his shoulders. He gets downhill. Um, he's going to finish at the rim. He just doesn't get his shot blocked, which is impressive. Um, but Milton, Milton looked really good. They beat Green Force, and they came back and they handled Burkmar uh, 62. Uh, to uh, 54, and that was a game where Kane and Carlisle really kind of shouldered the load there and had a, a good performance. So Milton is tough, and with the win over two of the biggest teams in the state, that's that's impressive. But Grayson, Grayson has been really good, and you know, I, looking at their starting lineup, it, I think th- they're really good. They're really good. Um, I, I I worry maybe a little bit down the stretch when they do start seeing teams with elite great guard play, just for the simple fact that um, I don't know if it was just because they played Wasich Academy or not. That's the only game I saw them play, and Wasich is really big out of Utah. But they're going with three big men in that lineup. Uh, so you're starting Tyrese Elliott at guard, um, Robert Coward, who's a, a 6'5 wing, and then you can go like – 6'10 on the perimeter with Chauncey Wiggins, and then you got 6'8 Tajay Kelly, who has been the best player for Grayson this year early on in the season. And then you have another 6'8 Clemson bound senior and Ian Shifflin. So you got the size right there. Um, I just, I, I, when they play really good guard teams, they play guard teams that are able to kind of space them out. Uh, I, I do wonder. Uh, if they're going to be able to defend at that high of a level, if they do go against a team that can pull them out and go five out or four round one. Um, but I think Grayson is definitely the best team right now. That's for sure. And like I mentioned, Tajay Kelly, he's brought his game to a, a different level right now. Going to Charleston Southern, but he was tremendous against Wasatch Academy, 11 to 15 from the field, 25 points and eight rebounds. He was really, really good. Um, Chauncey Wiggins, uh, again, like I mentioned, you know, he's playing on the perimeter and it was just a one game sample. So, uh, you know, you could take this with a grain of sand. Um, but I just sometimes worry about a, a big skilled player like that. I know he can, he can spend some time on the perimeter, but I would still like to see him kind of work inside out. But that does get kind of hard when you do have Shefflin, you do have Kelly. Now, both of those guys can step outside and shoot the three, but you know, all three of those guys, I do feel like they're most, um, efficient, when they're closer to the basket and in the paint. 
And I just don't want to see Wiggins kind of fade out and just be on the perimeter and kind of not be a, a factor because he only had four points and four rebounds in that game against Wasatch Academy. But like I said, that was that was a tough matchup. That's the one thing I, I just want to see when Grayson plays these teams with great guard play. Uh, I just want to make sure like you're getting the most out of Chauncey. You're getting the most out of Tajay and Ian and all these guys. You know, they're, they're loaded. They got a lot of guys that can hurt you, but I just don't want to see someone that kind of gets phased out and isn't at their strength. But, you know, when you're that deep, you know, sometimes you got to take a backseat. It might be Tajay one night, it might be Chauncey the next, and then it's Ian, and then it's Tyrese, and it's Robert. So they have so many great options over there. I just want to see. You know, if that team really can click and they've been clicking pretty well so far this year, if they get all those guys going at the same time, I mean, it's going to be really tough because not only is Grayson big, those big guys are really skilled as well. So it's not like you just got a guy that's anchored on the block and can't do much more than score from within, you know, five feet and, you know, take them out of the paint and they're not effective. All those big guys can shoot the ball. So that that is a good thing. And that does allow Chauncey to play in the perimeter some more. But Grayson's been really good. Um, you know, they beat Sandy Creek 66, 54, and you're going up against Jabari Smith. And I know, I, I know Jabari got his, but Grayson, that team effort, they, they got the job done. Um, so I'm looking at Grayson. They, they look really, really good. And then Kaden McArthur, one of my favorite players, a little guard came off the bench against Wasatch Academy, hit the big shot to send it to overtime. Uh, I'm a fan of his. He takes charges. He plays good defense. He doesn't need a score to be a positive player on the floor. Really like him. So Grayson, they're loaded right now. I think they have everything rolling in the right direction. I think they got all the momentum early on in the season. It is a long season. And trust me, if you talk to Coach Pierce, I'm sure he'd much rather be ranked number one at the end of the season than two weeks into the season. Uh, they got unfinished business from last year's um, you know, trip to the state championship game. And even though a lot of these guys are different, or at least a good chunk of them, uh, are different or are playing in new roles. Now, uh, I know this team is going to be laser focused going down the stretch. So Grayson, I just saw they got bumped up in the, uh, you know, the national rankings as well. So they're starting to get their due. I think they're a, a good number one team right now. I think Pebble Brooks look good. Milton, again, it's going to be very scary when they get everybody back. But Grayson right now, hats off to them. They've been playing at an extremely high level. And now we do want to move on to 6A boys where Marietta is a hot spot. you got number one Wheeler who's opening up their title defense. They bested uh, 7A number five McEachern. And then you have Kell and Scoot Henderson who is absolutely burning up. A little crosstown rivalry brewing maybe between Wheeler and Kell fighting for that top spot in 6A. Yeah, I mean, Scoot Henderson is he's taking his game to another level. I'm telling you, like he's he was sensational. I mean, they played JD Davis in Calhoun County at Hoopsgiving. That was a just a joke. Like that was terrible basketball. Calhoun County should not have been there. They just got absolutely railroaded. That was that was bad. And not only did Scoot go for 30 points and they won by what was it 106 to 44 I think one by like 62 points or something just ludicrous like that not only did he score all those points and get all the slam dunks and do all the you know the sexy stuff for the mixtapes he guarded JD Davidson and I know that they ran a lot of double teams at him which you should because he doesn't have you know any help whatsoever around him um but you know it was Scoot that took that initiative and really did lock him up and you know it's not like oh they had to bail him out and that's why they're running double teams and this like one-on-one straight up Henderson did a really good really 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 good job of shutting him down as well and 
I mean, it was just a great performance. And then you, you, you fast forward to the next night playing against Lake Norman Christian, you know, they're down 17 points and you know, what, what's going to happen? Who do you turn to? And again, Scoot just takes over 36 points in this game, seven assists, only one turnover. He's hitting three point shots. You know, his sweet spot is that mid range jumper from the elbow. And then of course he can finish above the rim when he gets downhill. Um, this Kell team with the level that Scoot's playing at right now. Now I know they got a lot of the guys, you know, outside of Najee Cologne. Um, a lot of these guys haven't, you know, they weren't really playing huge roles for that team last year. I mean, Aaron Smith's only a sophomore. Jalen Harris was ineligible last year, transferring over from North Cobb. And then uh, Paris Johnson, he's, he's a young buck, but, you know, he's seeing some big minutes now. Other than that, like a lot of these guys weren't playing huge minutes, but it doesn't really matter because Scoot is just carrying this team right now. And again, it's super early in the season. A lot of stuff can change, but Kel is looking extremely good. And Henderson playing on a level of, you know, looking like an NBA guard or at least an NBA future. He might not be NBA right now, but gosh, he's he is trending in the right direction. And when you debate back and forth, the great debate between Bruce Thornton and uh, Scoot Henderson, um, you could say Bruce maybe is more polished right now, but I think that gap is narrowing. But looking long term, and this is not a knock on Thornton at all because I think he's phenomenal as well, but just Scooter's, his athleticism gives him just – just that ceiling, that NBA level ceiling of where he can jump with the big boys. He can do all this stuff. And as he continues to get better and better, as far as being a true point guard, uh, watch out. But yes, Kel, um, they look very, very good right now. And Jalen Harris has given them just enough on the outside shooting. Uh, you know, Cologne as well. He's really tough, great on ball defender and Kel, they're just a scrappy team. They play great hard nose defense. They will force a lot of turnovers. They can eat you up. And if you don't have good guard play, Uh, you're in deep trouble when you play the Longhorns. And now we want to take it down to Class 4A. Um, Looking at the Week 2 rankings, Kyle, and there's some interesting crooked numbers. You've got Miller, Grove, and Baldwin who who had not played a game yet as of this weekend. you got Fayette County with three losses at number five. What is going on? Uh, You know, it's DeKalb County. We already knew 4A was going to be weird. And now with DeKalb County not letting their schools play any games yet, and hopefully they're supposed to be maybe playing, you know, second week of December or something like that, possibly. Maybe it's coming down the pipeline. I don't know if they have an official announcement yet, but with, you know, with these winter sports being um, indefinitely postponed their start time, that screws things up. So we got teams sitting in the rankings and taking up space and not playing and this, that, and the other. I want to see, you know, I want to see what Miller Grove's all about. I want to see what Spencer's all about. Um, you know, I went to the Hype South Hardwood Invitational over there at Warner Robins, and that was that was really good as far as kind of understand what's going on in uh, in Class Four A. And um, you know, I touched on that in the rankings in the in the write up part of it. It's been like Doherty. Doherty is the team. It's it's weird, right? Doherty's a a, a, a decent team, a solid team, but. They have really kind of been the uh, the team as far as the the measuring stick team goes. Now I don't know. Doherty might be able to crack into the top ten eventually. Who knows? It's it's early to be seen, but 
that has been the measuring stick team because when you look at Spencer, number two Spencer, they beat Doherty by 15. You look at Westover, they beat who's number ranked number three Westover. They beat them by 16. And then I got to see Westside Macon, who we have at number eight with Kowasi Reeves Jr. going to Florida. We got to see what they could do against Doherty, kind of you know just to see okay where, where do we stand? We're ranked you know lower in the top 10. Where do we stand as far as uh, like opponents and uh, you know, scores like that. Um, and you know, they were up 29 to uh, 11 early on and looked like, okay, West side, you know, they're going to handle their business, going to win by about 15 or so. And they're going to be in that discussion. Like, Hey, we're, we're keeping pace with these other schools. Um, but then things fell apart. There was a 20 to two run, uh, Jaden Scheider, you know, killed him inside. And Elijah West was impressive with 20 points. And when all was said and done, um, you know, it was Doherty that won 76, 71 in overtime. Uh, and now, you know, you're looking at it from West side's, uh, viewpoint, you know, Kowasi had 27 and seven, they got some really good young guards with the decision-making and, you know, the ability to play a little bit slower and change speeds. It's not there yet, but they're really talented. They're really talented. Shannon Fountain's really good. I think Davion Henderson's got a good future as well, but it's just one of those things. I got to get reps or sophomores. I got to play big minutes and, uh, you know, playing alongside Reeves is really going to help them. But, um, you know, Westside stays at number eight because there's just, you know, they can't really drop too much and it's not a lot going on. Um, you know, we see Mays fall out. We got Luella in there, 4-0 as when we recorded this. That's a young team. They haven't played any, you know, world beaters yet, but they did have an eight-point win over Decula, which was nice. Um, Baldwin's tipping off the season tonight. We're recording this on the 1st of December, um, a Tuesday. So we got to see what they end up doing. But uh, back to Westover real quick. I think Westover, you know, talking Dante Medlock, my man, locks way over there. Um, he, he said, I'm going with Westover to win 4A. And I said, well, that's not a bad choice at all because, shoot, they got as good a chance as anybody. Whether it's, uh, you know, Marius Ellis transferring in there or not, you know, it didn't work out. He's over at Lee County now. But, I mean, they still have Bam Wingfield and Isaac Abedi. He was so good going up against Jordan Brown, a six foot nine she's best or second best shot blocker in the state of Georgia, but a beady plays above the rim. He stands about six, eight, six, nine, an elite freak athlete. And I knew he was a great athlete. I knew he could rebound. I knew he could tear down the rim, but I didn't know he could step outside and just hit the smooth three ball. He hit three, three pointers against Northside Warner Robbins at that hype South, um, hardwood invitational. He finished with, I think 26 points and 11 rebounds. Isaac, super impressive. And I know he's been on the radar of some mid-major and high-major schools dating back to since he was like a sophomore. But, oh, man, if he continues to play like that, like he's going to be a real steal. He could go mid-major, high-major. You know, he he could end up being somewhere because he's got the size. He's got, you know, elite freak athleticism. And if he has a three-point shot now, and I think he still has some room for growth as far as handling the ball, he could be able to, you know, beat his man off the dribble and have some mismatches there as well. Uh, he's really good. So Westover sitting at number three right now, very good team. And, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on in the podcast, but I get to see number two Spencer this Saturday at the CTC Classic, a team that beat Lovejoy 67-58. Um, last week they were up 19 going into the game. Spencer, they score a lot of points usually. They got a lot of athletes. They play fast. So I'm very interested to see what they do on December 5th. Going to be fun, Ramin. Going to be really, really interesting as far as just kind of deciphering 
who are the real top dogs in Class 4A? And finally, on the boys' side, we move down to Class 3A, where Sandy Creek remains at number one. Um, a respectable loss to Class 70, number one Grayson, who we talked about at length at the top of the podcast, 66 to 54. But then they come back and they beat 70 as number five, McEachern, 78 to 57 at Holiday Hoops, giving Sandy Creek all the way at number th- uh, Class 3A. Excuse me, that's a big victory for the 3A school over a 7A school, Kyle. Yeah, so you know Sandy Creek is—they're uh, the team to beat. That's that's no you know no surprise. You got Jabari Smith, who probably is going to be a future All-American, probably possibly a future NBA player, lottery pick potential. I think he's that good. Um, dominated against McEachern, um, really just left no 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 doubts about it against McEachern. 78-57 at Holiday Hoops, giving it 26 points, nine rebounds. So, you know, can anybody keep pace with Sandy Creek? And you know, you got Windsor Force, you got John Savannah. Those teams are going to be good. They got some good, you know, talented individuals. Uh, I want to see Johnson play. I think I'm gonna. I might be making a trip down to Savannah. Gee whiz, it looks like it's already uh, next week. Uh, Johnson is hosting Windsor on the 11th. As I look at my calendar right now, might have to go down there just kind of get the feel for what's going down in Chatham County on the coast. But outside of those two teams, um, Salem has looked really good. They beat Fayette County 72-68. Salem had a, a bunch of transfers move in. This Gerard Taylor kid from Nashville has been very impressive. Uh, Javen Flower Smith. If you have followed Sandy Spiel, that's a familiar name. He, what I think he what he led or was second in DeKalb County in scoring as a freshman back at of Redan before he went to to Florida for a couple of years. So that is a big time player that's back in the state. But a team that I keep looking at, I'm telling you, Hart County is really really good. They kind of let Lanier off the hook in that game. I saw at the North Georgia Showcase just ran out of bullets, a game where three players fouled out on both sides, um, ended up losing by 3.72-69, a game where they were winning by double digits for the majority of the game until about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, but that's a really good team. And, I, you know, breaking news as we record right now, I mean, they just beat Providence Christian Academy 48-45. I mean, this Hart County team is racking up the wins. They beat Collins Hill, who has a lot of you know tough guards. They play really hectic and fast and can shoot the ball. They beat Collins Hill 82 to 62. So this Bulldog team currently sitting at number four. They're really good. Sean Webb is the best defender in the state of Georgia. I've seen them all. He's the best defender in the state of Georgia at six four, uh, with that length, just just incredible instincts pokes the ball away gets so many block shots that wingspan at six seven just eats up guards i mean he shut down he shut down um um andrew mcconnell of lanier who's going to james madison held him to nine points and fouled him out like he is legit now sean's committed to emmanuel and emmanuel just beat stetson to open up the season a very nice win over a d1 program but i'm telling you if he if he puts pen to paper and signs that i mean this kid i think he's got a chance to be a perennial all-conference player i think if he played in a you know a bigger school and this is no knock on hart county but this is just you know this how it is with with some media and newspaper coverage and all this and he didn't play for a georgia travel ball team so he was on the outskirts in south carolina so he can kind of slip through the cracks but if he was in cobb county or if he was in fulton or if he was in gwinnett i'm telling you 
Sean Webb would be in the discussion as a mid-major player. The comp I bring is uh, Jameer Chaplin, who was at Meadow Creek. Similar type player, really good defensively. Um, you know, they're both kind of the same size. I think Sean's a little bit better of a score and better playmaker. And you know, it, but you know, Jameer was playing seven A ball, but. You know, it's it's up for grabs, but that is who I look at. If you want to look at someone that has played in the state of Georgia and has gone on to the next level, I'm looking at Sean Webb and Jameer Chaplin, who graduated, I want to say maybe two years ago now, and is at South Florida currently. That is kind of the mold that Sean Webb is, and that's what you're getting with the lefty. So Hart County, they have a superstar with him. They have Taj Johnson, who's six foot seven, a sophomore who's, you know, getting better and better. Um, Sean Teasley really impressed me as a guard that I just didn't know a ton about, but he's really impressive with how he played um, against uh, 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 Lanier. I thought he he really stepped up and had a really nice game. Um, you know, Hart County super athletic, block a bunch of shots, uh, and then J.C. Curry again. Once he you know he's still learning to play within himself. This is the first time seeing big, big, big minutes and starting and all that stuff. But that's another guy, six foot four guard that can fill it up in a variety of ways. Um, I think Hart County's a really good team, and uh, you know Sandy Creek definitely the team to beat. But you know one of those Savannah schools, Hart County, Salem, uh, those look like the teams that could have a chance. But Hart County with Sean Webb, I think. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think they'd be able to defend Jabari Smith because nobody can. I think that's the one trump card that Coach Nickerson holds over there at Sandy Creek. But I think Hart County is a very interesting team that could make a really deep run in the state tournament. And now, Carl, let's flip it over to the girls' side, Class 7A. And really, it seems like we should just have a podcast on the Parkview Tip-Off Classic. I mean, the number of um number one ranked teams that played in uh high high seeded matchups that occurred there six remains six number one ranked teams that's ridiculous six out of the eight classifications only early county and who do we have number one calhoun county girls those are the only two schools not there and i don't blame them because that's a long ways away from home but for me it was crazy and with that being said, we had our number one and our number two in 7A lock, Horns, Collins Hill, and McEachern. And Collins Hill comes out on top of the game, 52-51 to 51 on Thanksgiving, and um, came, comes out with the number one spot in our rankings in week two. Yeah, yeah, Collins Hill won. It was, it was a great game, back and forth, real good. Um, McEachern, I don't know if McEachern's quite gelled yet. I'll touch on that in just a second. But, you know, you're looking at Collins Hill, who won that game on a – you know, a miss, what was it? A miss shot and a rebound by your girl, Eden Sample, a former Northview player before transferring over to Collins Hill. Um, but she got the rebound and she got fouled. And she's, you know, I don't know the length of the court. I don't think it's 94 feet in high school, but say she's like 70 feet away from her basket to score on. And she gets fouled with 1.2 seconds, and she splits a pair of free throws to win the game. And then Siani, uh, what, Sanchez, Oliver, Oliver Sanchez, uh, she, she comes down, and she hits a three from half court, but it's right after the buzzer. So it was just like a cacophony of like, oh, my gosh, this stuff is very, very wild. Um, but Collins Hill, I thought Sasha Washington going to Purdue um, – even though Jill came on strong, I think she had eight points. Jillian Hollingshed, who's going to uh, Georgia, six foot five, transfer from uh, Holy Innocence, where she won a couple state titles. Who's at McEachin now? I thought it was 
Sasha Washington, who won that battle, 10 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, four steals, four blocks, got Jill in some early foul trouble a little bit, um, just really strong. Uh, obviously, she cleaned the glass. She did really well, but um, a really nice win for Collins Hill. And then they, then the, the very next day, they played Troop County, who was number one in Class 4A. We dropped them to number two now. They played two really good teams and lost, so it's not a big deal, but that was a tie ball game going into the fourth quarter. And I saw troop play against Langston Hughes um, the day before, and they lost by six and they weren't able to establish a Nia Palmer. Um, the guard play is it's hit or miss. That can be a little helter skelter at times, but you know, Collins Hill, they, they won that game. They found a way to win, uh, I guess an ugly game. And that's a, a really nice effort from troop County in the loss. Uh, but you know, Collins Hill is the number one ranked team right now. And I think they got the win, but Geez, I, I kind of think we, we thought this was McEachern and Collins Hill and the rest. I, Ramin, I don't know if it's going to end up like that. I'm not sure. I mean, Grayson's been really good. They're up at number five right now. Um, Woodstock's sitting there at number three still. Um, Cherokee's up to number four. I, I, you know, I'm, they beat North Forsyth by four points. They just beat Sequoia tonight by about five points. I think they're good. I think they're I don't know if they're challenging for a state title again yet, but it might be a little bit, you know, not just one and two because McEachern, um, you know, they struggled with number 10 Marietta tonight. I believe they won by two points and they were down. They were down. Oh gosh. I want to say they're down like double digits at halftime. Maybe McEachern hasn't really quite gelled yet. Uh, they got plenty of time to go. And I still think I, I would still say they're my favorite to win it all. Um, but you know, you got Kalen Ellis, who's a fantastic three point shooter, uh, Siani Sanchez, Oliver, who's going to Delaware state, a, a little guard. That's good. Denim the shields. Um, she was good and really good in spurts for, uh, McKeech. I think she had a really good third quarter, but didn't really do a whole lot else when they played Collins Hill, but they just got to get all those girls on the same page. As far as the talent goes, McKeech has all the talent, but, um, I think they, they got to solve some things. I think tonight they, they definitely dodged a bullet against Marietta. They got very fortunate um, to survive that one. But I'm telling you, I mean, I think 7A, it, it might not be an open and shut case like I thought. Because even Collins Hill, I thought Collins Hill against McEachin's pressure, I thought Collins Hill's guards really struggled outside of the freshman Paris filling game who was like a godsend with eight points, hit some big shots. Uh, in the fourth quarter and, you know, earlier in the game, I think it was like the second quarter she came in and gave him a five-point spurt. So she is a, a really nice key piece for them in the backcourt. But Collins Hill's guards, they can get pressured a little bit. Uh, you know, you got to have good guards of your own to be able to pressure them. But I don't know if it's an open and shut case like I thought. We'll we'll, we'll see. I still think, you know, Collins Hill and McKeechan, the two top dogs, but I think the rest of the state, it might be a little bit closer than I first thought. And on to 6A on the girls' side. Um, again, number one, Westlake played at the Parkview Tip-Off Classic. They handled business against Harrison in easy fashion. Buford, number two, remains there. They won Tabo's Tip-Off Classic. And uh, the rest of 6A, um, not a lot of 6A versus 6A matchups in these Thanksgiving tournaments. And for the most part, everyone handle, handled their business, Kyle. Now, I don't know because Westlake was re- – really good I, I, we were just talking about seven about how the gap is maybe a little bit 
smaller than I thought. Now I'm thinking maybe the gap's a little bit wider than I thought in 6A with Westlake. I mean, they crushed, crushed Harrison. And it remains to be seen how good Harrison is this year. They got a new head coach, graduated some key pieces from last year. But they were up like 40, 50 points the entire time against Harrison, 176-35. Raven Johnson, top five player going to South Carolina. You know, she's throwing oops all game long to Tanaya Latson, who's only like five foot eight but jumps out of the gym. Uh, Snoop Turnage, six foot two, was aggressive offensively. She's really picked up the slack on offense this year, and we already know she's an elite defender. So that big three is really good. The bench, eh, kind of young here and there. You're just, but you know, really, Westlake's not going to play a ton of close games, and you just need, you know, pepper them in here and there. Cynthia Walton, pepper her in here and there, a little bit this, a little bit that. Um, you know, Missy McKinney inside, who starts, get a couple point production there because you're going to get you're going to get offense from Latson and Johnson, and it looks like Snoop Turnage is you know taking it on her shoulders of Virginia Tech commit to provide some offense as well. So you just got to pepper in four points here and there and get a couple minutes from your bench when you need it. Um, but I think Westlake's look really good. You know, Buford, they won by 13 against Lumpkin County and Lumpkin County's really good. I mean, they blew a, a double digit lead at the half to uh, North Forsyth tonight. Uh, but Lumpkin County has been quite impressive, uh, in class three, a, even with Kate Jackson, their best post player out. I mean, Avery Jones, uh, I mentioned it in the preseason, the freshman, she can really go. She had 20 points in the loss at North Forsyth tonight, but you know, Buford, they pulled it out against Jefferson by three, and tonight they they, they had a close game, one by about uh, 11 points or so, nine or 11 points against Parkview, who's been really good in Class 7A. So Buford, they they still are missing some girls. They're trying to get back healthy, but um, you know they they just find ways to win. If it's a close game, you can't really pick against Buford. Um, but the problem is Westlake doesn't really play many close games, so Westlake's really tough. And then Kel, Kel is. They're moving up. You know, Jemiah Gregory was not supposed to play this year. She went to the doctor, had a heart condition, and we thought she was sitting that. Well, she's back playing, and she's back playing. That means Kale skyrockets up the pole. I can't have them jump everybody right now, but Kale is as good as being number two in the state. I mean, they've been clobbering teams. They beat Holy Innocence 70-58. to 58. Who, again, breaking news, I believe Holy Innocence just beat Forest Park tonight. So, I mean, just a lot of these good girls teams are beating everybody, beating each other. Um, so 6A is going to be fun to track, but I think Westlake definitely the team to beat. But, you know, Kel's super, super scary. And if they continue to get better and better and better, that's still a young ball club. I think Kel, when the dust settles, they could be the team that can contend with Westlake. And before we call this a wrap on our uh, first interim podcast of the 2020-2021 season, we would be remiss if we did not mention that the CTC Classic presented by Sandy Spiel will be played this coming Saturday. That is December the 5th at Cass High School. You have a slate of six boys games, all um, interesting matchups. Colin, what can we expect to see? Oh, yeah. So everything, go to sandyspiel.com. It's on the front page there. All tickets available through GoFan. 800 tickets available per game. Um, like you said, it's going to be at Cass High School over there in the Cartersville area, Bartow County. So just a stone's throw up, 75, all that good stuff. It's right there. If you've ever been to Lake Point before, it's you know it's it's right there, close by Lake Point, not too far at all. Um, but I'm excited. It's been trials and tribulations for me, and I'm not even going to go through the backstory of what's been going on the past 
the past two weeks or so, it's just been teams dropping out, having to move the location. It's been tough. It's not an easy time to be involved in sports as a coach, as a schedule maker, as an event operator, as a player. It's tough for everybody involved, but we're making do, and it's it's going to be a fun event. I mean, we're, we're breaking it down by session, so session one is going to be South Paulding versus Duluth at 11 o'clock in the morning, then 12.30 game. Uh, is going to be a matchup between Alatoona and number three ranked Mount Pisgah out of Class A private. So I'm looking at a really good game right there. Um, JoJo Peterson going to IPFW. You got Nate Gordon inside, a really good defensive shot blocker, still available. I want to see how he does with Cam Baldwin, uh, who's played well so far in the early season for Alatoona, six foot six, you know, stretchy forward, but a really good rebounder and shot blocker. Uh, of course, Altoona has Kevin Taylor, uh, Swiss Army Knife. I say it a hundred times. He just does a little bit of everything. He's been gaining some traction with the non-D1 schools. A really good player that can defend, uh, can rebound, can shoot the three ball, do a little bit of everything. And then you got Isaiah Logan, a really, really quick guard who, you know, when he has good games, Alatuna plays at a whole nother level. So that's a really good matchup right there. Um, session two comes back at 2.30, Ups and Lee. First class 6A number 10, Richmond Hill. Now, Ups and Lee. We don't know what we got until the night before. Upson Lee decided to make it to the Sweet 16 in football for the first time in 15 years. I mean, for the first time in 15 years, Upson Lee decides to be good at football, meaning Upson Lee potentially could be without all of, you know, pretty much all of their top players, a bunch of their top players. And that includes Malik Smith, who was all state pick most improved player in um, class 4A last year who is a running back for the football team. They got TJ Cersei, who's supposed to play football this year, who's supposed to be a, a miniature, you know, a, a you know, miniature clone of Trayvon Walker, um, who is, uh, you know, at Georgia right now, but a guy that's, you know, get into that level. He's six foot five, really big kid has some potential on the basketball court. He's going to be there. So we need ups and Lee. I'm sorry. Ups and Lee football fans. We need ups and Lee to lose. We're going to be selfish. We need them to lose to Appling County uh, this Friday, because if they lose, there's a good chance they might, they might, you know, jump in the ice bath and then travel on over to Cass to suit up and play their first basketball game of the season. And that would be a huge boost for coach Christopher Owens. If he has his full squad, I would love to see ups and Lee at full strength at two 30 and you're playing a Richmond Hill team that has a lot back. You know, Jaden Marshall, I really loved him over the summer, six foot three guard division two schools. You want to check in on him. He is a tough, tough physical guy that can score in the paint, can get to the rim, can occasionally knock down that three. And then Braden Baker, only a junior, but he's a six foot five shooting guard, a really nice touch. Um, that's a guy that could play at a pretty good level. I think this is a big year for him as far as his development goes, as far as him being, you know, on paper, paper, maybe the number two option for this team. I think that's a really good player that people don't quite know about just yet. And then to finish session two, four o'clock for me, this is a headline game. Seven, a number eight Cherokee versus six, a number five heritage Conyers. You got stars aplenty Cherokee's got two three-star players Elijah Tucker six foot seven going to Xavier he's you know can dominate you know he's really really good when he you know sometimes you, you know, some of these players want to kind of float out to the perimeter but he's really good when he he mixes the inside outside stuff he is uh, a freak athlete that can do major damage and then you got another three-star guard in Thailand Owens six foot five puts the ball in the basket 
You got Ethan Pickett, six foot four, transferred in from Richmond Hill. Bennett Alm, six foot four, really good defensive player. And then Tayden Owens, the sophomore, stepped up at the point guard position. He had a really great summer. He's taking his game to the next level. Uh, just like big brother Tylen, he can put the ball in the basket. And then you're looking at Heritage, talking about putting the ball in the basket. Not many people do it better than four-star Ole Miss signee James White. Watched him go for 35 points this past weekend at Warner Robins. Um, the kid just scores the ball. Gets great lift on his jumper, can elevate and shoot it over people, can hit you from mid-range and beyond, and of course he can finish at the rim. And then R.J. Nord, 6-4 going to Elon, a three-star player. Does a little bit of everything, sets the pace, sets the tone with how fast Heritage wants to play. He can slow it down, he can speed it up, he can get after it on ball defensively, uh, can facilitate rebounds, really stuffs the stat sheet for this team. And then Courtney McBride, a Florida uh, Atlantic football uh, commit six foot three strong guy he was a big piece in heritage's win over warner robbins and he's he and dash boston who's listed at six five they are gonna have their hands full because greg jones six foot five for warner robbins he had 29 and nine inside and if elijah tucker can play with that toughness and can get on the block heritage is going to have to devise a way to slow him down because you know, we saw it with a six-five guy. Now you're dealing with a six-seven guy that can jump out of the gym. That's going high major. We'll see. I, and again, Tucker, he he's very skilled, and sometimes he can be so skilled that he can you know float to the mid range and settle for there. But if he decides to get down there on the block and get nitty gritty, uh, I'm very interested to see what Heritage can do with him. Are they going to try and get physical with him? Are they going to live with that? Are they going to try and take away T.O.? What are they going to do? A lot of good coaching going to be involved with Roger Quam and then Brian Anderson. A really fun game. A lot of highlights. A lot of high-level players. A um, couple good ones still unsigned. That'll be a really good game. And to wrap it up, Ramin, session three starts at 6 p.m., 4A number two Spencer versus 5A number eight Cass, who is now hosting the event. Spencer, like I said, we want to see what do they have. Jacquez Holt, the point guard, I've heard great things about him. He's taken over as you know being that top number one option. Um, and and with Jalen Sellers, who transferred out to, to go to Alabama, Ball State commit. It's it's all good. Jacquez Holt has carried the load. Jalil Parker's been good. Coran Hoskins, a little guard. Tyson McDaniels, James Smyer inside is a physical presence. I really want to see how this Spencer team plays because, you know, that's a team that has broken the clock many times before scoring over 100 points. That means they're probably going to play fast. They're probably going to trap. They're going to get up and down. And you're playing against a cast team who has some sneaky good talent. Zaylin Chaney, six foot six junior. He could be a Division One player if he feels like it. He's got that type of talent. You got Braxton Benham underrated senior guard six of one great defender picks up so many steals sneaky good bounce i would love to see benham guard jacques holt i think that could be the standout matchup in this one as far as determining who dictates the tempo who decides who wins this game i'm looking at that one and then even sophomore jeleni hames at about six one six two i think his activity his length he could play a key role in this game as well and then lastly seven thirty class a private number six saint ampicelli versus class a private number four province christian this could be a state playoff preview again Pacelli, they're still in the state playoffs in football so that means ian matthews who's six five like 280 pounds a bulldozer inside 
likely that he probably won't be playing in this one unless they lose. And then he, you know, jumps over and jumps on to the team just like that the very next day. But you know what St. Ampicelli does have Travis Harper. And that is a big time player that is on the verge of breaking out, picked up some nice offers over the summer. Uh, we had him at the, um, the Sandy spill showcase last year at Lanier smooth, uh, can shoot the ball, great lift on his outside shot, and is a freak athlete as well. He is going to be the man for St. Anne. And then Providence Christian, Eliza Williams, Chance Thacker, and Tony Carpio at six foot eight, who has had some monster games at 35 and 11 against Alexander. Uh, I think he is going to be a key factor. I know Elijah Williams is going to have a good game slashing. I know Chance Thacker is a great slasher and mid-range shooter. He does a little bit of everything. I love Chance Thacker, but Tony Carpio at six foot eight. If St. Ampicelli does not have Ian Matthews inside, how will Coach Corey Black defend Carpio? Because he's skilled. He can go inside and out. He's a tough player. We'll see. We will see. But that is a CTC classic. Again, masks are highly encouraged. Please, please, please. Buy your tickets before it's all sold out. And like I said, after each game, you buy your ticketed game. Please vacate the building. Unless you buy the all-day pass, which is only $30. You could spend the entire day with me over there at Cass High School. Watch six great boys basketball games. So really looking forward to it. It's been a, a quite quite the event. Kicks off with South Paulding versus Duluth. Will Peaks over there at Duluth. Really good shooter. And then Geo Thomas. Uh, a good-looking sophomore for South Pole. But those two teams, they will kick it off. Really looking forward to the event, Ramin. I know I'm going to force you to be there, but going to be a long day of hoops, and you know we're going to be pumping out as much social media content as possible. Really looking forward to it. Look forward to being there. And, of course, if you can, join us at Cass High School on Saturday, December the 5th, this upcoming Saturday. And so this podcast has gone on long enough, Kyle. So we will leave it to um, hopefully there will be another um, podcast detailing week three developments sometime within the next seven to ten days. Um, Maybe our schedules will be a bit more clear at that point. But until that time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.